and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go once again against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards as we enter the halfway point of the college football season for 2016. It's been quite a season so far in the world of college and pro football, especially on the college football side of things. We're going to hit on some of the two lost teams that are suddenly finding themselves ranked in the top 25, along with breaking down some of the most surprising and disappointing teams in the world of college football this year. Victor, welcome once again back to the show and your take at the top of the show, observation on the 2016 football season. Absolutely, Mark. Before I get to my observation, nice call last week with your perfect system club play of the year. That was on Wisconsin. Plus the points in the big uh, 10 game against Ohio State, the ATS outcome was Pretty much never in doubt as the Badgers were, what, 10.5-point home underdogs in that game, and they basically had control for most of the game. Give the Buckeyes credit for coming back and winning in overtime. But a nice call in that game. Uh, Our totals are doing pretty good. We had our four-star under of the week in college football. That was an easy winner in ACC action. Uh, North Carolina State and Clemson under the total. Our service came back on Sunday with a four-star over of the week winner in the NFL. Saints-Panthers over the total. Pretty much a no-brainer there as uh, we got that shootout that we anticipated in the Superdome. And our totals are looking pretty good this week, too. We've started the week 2-0 this week with a nice Monday night winner on the Jets and the Cardinals under the total. A nice Tuesday night winner in Major League Baseball with the Cubs and the Dodgers squeaking under the total. The totals world is uh, nice these days, uh, warm, fuzzy, soft. We're looking forward to a good second half of the season. As you mentioned, Mark, in college football, what do we have, seven weeks left in the college football regular season? I would uh, I would think that some sort of a midterm report card is probably in order Uh, You mentioned the top 25 in terms of the AP poll, and what I gleaned from the poll was the fact that just 16 of the top 25 teams in that poll have one or fewer losses. That means there are nine teams in the poll that have lost two or more games, and it's way down from this point at last year. Last year at this point, 23 out of 25 teams had one loss or less. And this is also the uh, highest amount of two loss or more teams in the last 11 seasons. What can you take from that? Well, uh, tough opening week games that has to do with the increased number of losses as well. And of course, there is a possibility that in a era when teams are declared out of playoff contention after their first loss, a tailspin is more likely to ensue. And could we see our first, perhaps, two-loss team in the NCAA 14 playoff? Who knows? Another thing we may take from this is the fact that uh, you may see the talk increasing or heating up to increasing the playoff pool from four teams to perhaps six or perhaps eight. 
And uh, my final note in regards to the AP Top 25, two teams dropped out last week because of losses, both from the ACC and both from our neck of the woods, Virginia Tech and Miami. The irony, of course, is that these teams are actually playing each other this week in a Thursday night uh, midweek game, and there's a good chance the winner will jump back into the pool. The two new teams in the AP Top 25 this season are North Carolina and LSU. And finally, uh, the two teams I mentioned last week is our best-kept secret teams, both won. That would be Washington State, and that would be uh, Western Michigan, who ended up covering by, what, 27 points against Akron. Good observation, Victor, here, talking about the potential of some two-loss teams possibly making the playoffs this football season here. And in the mix comes... A little bit of a report card, if you will. We talked about some of the most surprising and disappointing teams that we've seen in the world of college football this season. And let me throw this out here. From my surprise list, the teams that I would have ranked my top five surprise teams thus far this football season, I would have to put out the likes of the mentions of Army, a five-win football team this year that's won only two games last year. They've really surprised everybody out of the get-go here, not only winning football games, but coming favored an abundance of their football games this year. Another under-the-radar surprise-type football team would be Eastern Michigan out of the MAC Conference. This is a five-win Eastern Michigan football team that we've touted and lauded in the Playbook newsletter all season long. They had only one win last football season here, and they're on their way to a bowl this football season with a 5-2 and two record to start. Another under-the-radar-type surprise team would be Troy, the Trojans, back mm-hmm. to their old, usual winning ways. They have five victories this season after winning only four games last year. And two other teams that I would say would make my top surprising list among better-known teams. One would be Western Michigan out of the MAC Conference, a perfect 7-0 and to start the football season this year, and a lot of that is largely due to the fact that they're playing on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, and special teams. They've only made one turnover all season long as Western Michigan this year. And my number one surprise team this year, I think I'd have to give the honor to Colorado, the Buffaloes, out of the Pac-12 Conference, leading the South, Pac-12 South, heading into this weekend when they take on Stanford here, making a big push to perhaps play in that Pac-12 championship game. Victor, that's my take on some of the surprising teams. What's on your list of surprise teams in college football this year? I definitely like your positively surprising teams, but let me throw out a couple of negatives there and balance things out a little bit, Mark. A couple of teams that a lot of folks are surprised have more losses than wins on the season. How about in the Big Ten Conference, Michigan State? Here's a team that, what, won uh, 13 games, 11 games, and 12 games in each of the last three seasons. Not much has changed. They still brought back uh, half their defense from last year. D'Antonio's still coaching. And yet they have gone two and four in their first six games of the season. They're a perfect 0 and three in conference play. So I'm sure that uh, there are some folks there that are a little bit uh, disappointed up in East Lansing with given what they've done in the last few seasons, seeing Michigan State at two and four and another team in the Midwest that I think is a disappointing, surprising team. How about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish mark two and five on the season? Boy, that's surprising. This is a team that uh, in the last four seasons had 12 wins, 9 wins, 8 wins, and 10 wins. Brian Kelly still coaching, yet Notre Dame already at the halfway point of the season with five losses on the year. Wow, that's amazing to find Notre Dame, Michigan State, 
just four and nine combined this football season. And if I could throw a little extra whipped cream on the most disappointing list this year, I'd probably maybe mention the Oregon Ducks, a football team that's won only two games this year. And they were a perennial Pac-12 football power dating back to Chip Kelly's days. And uh, this football team, all of a sudden, the worst defense in all of college football this year. As a result, they, like Notre Dame and Michigan State, have only two wins on the season. And one other note that I'd throw out there would be inside the MAC conference. How about a team that won 10 games last year with only one win thus far this football season? That would be Bowling, Bowling Green. Green. Yeah, the right. Falcons. I mean, my goodness, so what a difference a coaching change makes there. Uh, with that football program, struggling at one win this football season. So they've gone from the penthouse to the outhouse, if you will, have the Falcons of Bowling Green. One quick note here, Victor, before we switch over to the National Football League side of things, as I like to do here, hit on my inside the stats, how teams are performing in college football, inside the stats from our midweek alert football newsletter. Last week, a total of 12 teams won football games in what I call inside-out fashion. They won the game but lost the stats. One of those teams won the game, but lost his stats by over 200 yards last week. We also found 13 straight-up underdog winners last week. Four games went to overtime in college football last week, all out of the midweek alert. And staying with the midweek alert, moving on to the National Football League side of things, my recap of teams in the NFL from last week, four games were won inside out by teams in the NFL, six straight-up underdog winners, and one game went to overtime last week. And Victor, we talked about a little bit about college football and some surprising, disappointing, bizarre teams that you would never have figured. Notre Dame, Michigan State, Oregon, only six wins combined between the two of them. There have been some bizarre findings in the National Football League this season, as well as I'm sure you've come across this season. Right. We're almost two months into the season, and uh, in some cases, it's been a bizarro world in the NFL. Who would have thought? that the Super Bowl runner-up Carolina Panthers would start the season with five losses in their first six games. Uh, shocking, quite shocking. Or seeing a team like Dallas, 5-1 and one to start the season. Uh, another shocking or bizarre aspect of this season is the fact that the worst division in the NFL right now is the AFC North. They're the collectively worst division on the season a combined 9-15 and 15 this year for the teams in the AFC North. Who would have thought that the best team in the NFL and currently the only undefeated team would be a team who lost their starting quarterback and lost the best running back in the league, and yet the Minnesota Vikings are 5-0? and oh. Or who else in this bizarre world would have thought that the four teams who have a first-year starting quarterback would start a collective 16-7 and seven on the season, that being Dallas, Philadelphia, Denver, and Houston. Some bizarre things in the NFL thus far. Sure have been some bizarre things, as you mentioned here, and also the Minnesota Vikings, the only undefeated team, as you say, in the league this year, despite the fact they own the league's worst rushing attack. It's all been defense, defense, and more defense for Minnesota this football season here. And also keyed by the fact that Mike Zimmer, their head coach, has been absolutely unbelievable as a head coach beating the spread in the National Football League. We outlined his record in our incredible stat of the week inside this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. Mike Zimmer, Minnesota Vikings, 29-9 and to the spread this season as a head coach in his career, I should say, not just this season, in his career, 21-4 to the spread 
in games outside the division. So big, big numbers for the Minnesota Vikings, the only undefeated team in the National Football League this season. And speaking about some good results, how about some bad results? This is our featured most embarrassed team in the National Football League this week. This comes from Steve Crabb, our good friend from Texas, who gave us the idea about this most embarrassed football team to keep an eye on. Last week it was the Kansas City Chiefs who delivered the goods in impressive fashion when they took out the Oakland Raiders. This week's most embarrassed team, Steve says, would have to be the Denver Broncos. And I would agree with that. You're yeah. talking about a, De- a Denver Bronco football team that started out the season 4-0 straight up and against the spread. And what have they done? They've lost their last two football games in a row despite obviously some injury situation problems with the quarterback slot, but nonetheless, four and two are the Denver Broncos coming into this week. And, you know, Victor, as we outlined in the newsletter this week, they probably have a little bit of incentive. I wouldn't call it a little bit. I call it a maximum <laughs> amount of incentive when they take on the Houston Texans this week. Uh, Brock Osweiler opted to bail out of Denver as when he was handed the starting keys to be the starting quarterback upon Peyton Manning's retirement and signed that mega contract with the Houston Texans. Well, Houston invades Denver this week, taking on this most embarrassed team in the National Football League. Steve and I agree, take an eye, keep an eye on the Denver Broncos as this week's most embarrassed team in the National Football League when they host Houston on Sunday night. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week. And it is the game of the week inside the Southeast Conference with Alabama plays host to Texas A&M. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. Sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards. And it's time once again for our featured college football game of the week inside the Southeast Conference. The game of the week in college football takes place when Alabama plays host to Texas A&M in a battle of two undefeated top five ranked football teams. Victor, your take on the Tide and the Aggies this Saturday. 
Boy, this should be a good one. 3.30 Eastern time. The over-under line open at 61. It has come down a couple of points. The last time I looked uh, on Wednesday morning when we do the podcast, it was down to 58.5 points. And I'm thinking there are going to be some points scored in this game, Mark. They've been alternating over-under results in regards to the season series. Last year, it was, of course, that Alabama 41-23 to win. The over-under line 54.5. The game went over by double digits. Two years ago, it went under by 2.5 points. Three years ago, the game went over by 28 and then four years ago, the game went under by a point and a half. So as you can see, just in the last four years, the unders have been extremely close, while the over results have been by double digits or more. Again, as I said, 58 and a half is the current number. Alabama, four and three over under on the season. Texas A&M, two, three, and one over under on the season. Now, we do note that A&M, in fact, has gone a perfect 0-7 over-under in their last seven road games dating back to last season. But both teams have got some explosive offenses, of course, with Alabama. Jalen Hurts is a bad man, especially when running the ball. He showed why against Tennessee when he ran for over 10 yards a pop, 132 yards on 12 carries. And I do know the amount of talent on the Alabama defense is absolutely insane. But this is a secondary that is going to have their hands full with this deep group of wide receivers, of course, that Texas A&M employs. And this is Trevor Knight's team now for the Aggies. He's going to have to have a performance for the ages to give the Aggies a shot at winning this game. But he's got big-time weapons to throw to at the wide receiver position. The aspect of this game that's in many ways unhandicappable is the fact that we may get some cheap points in this game if we decide to go over the total. Cheap points in regards to Alabama's defense and special teams. I know you touched on this a couple of weeks ago, Mark. Alabama's defense and special teams have scored more touchdowns this season than South Carolina or the Stanford offenses. They have 11 touchdowns this year already at the halfway point of the season. And in fact, dating to last year, they've gone nine straight games with at least one defense or special teams touchdown. That could be the make or break point in this game. That's kind of why I do like the game over. We always have a shot at uh, some special teams or cheap or quick points in regards to Alabama. And we're going to take a look at this game over the total. Victor King likes the over total, 58 and a half, as we do the show Wednesday morning in the Alabama-Texas A&M game, a matchup of two teams loaded with offense. This is indeed a collision course football game. We talk about collision course. It's an article that I wrote in the Black Book. It involves football teams in college football that are 5-0 and or better, each undefeated, locking horns going together in a matchup of undefeated football teams. A&M comes in. 535 yards a game on offense and a soft defense, allowing 439 yards a game. They're 6-0 for the first time since 1994. The Aggies, when they last went undefeated, the last undefeated season for A&M was in 94 when they opened up 6-0. They do have a week of rest to get ready for this football game that hasn't worked well for the Aggies in the past. They're just 4-18 to the spread on the road when playing with rest. However, rest has not worked well for opponents from Nick Saban's standpoint, because since Nick Saban has been the head coach 
at Alabama when he plays against 500 or better rested opponents. Nick Saban has struggled in these football games. He's just 16 and eight straight up, eight 15 and one to the spread. And if that opponent has a good defense, allowing less than 20 points a game, he's just five and five straight up in these football games. You've also got an aspect or a factor to look at here that Alabama is 0-6 to the spread when they're favored by 21 or less points when they've got LSU waiting on deck in the contest here. The bottom line to me goes back to the collision course factor in the game. When these two undefeated football 5-0 teams do lock horns, the underdog has been a solid play in these football games in the past. The underdog with the chip on its shoulder in undefeated football games and Taking it one step further, take a look at Texas A&M. When they've been a conference dog of seven or more points, playing with revenge against undefeated football teams, they've been in that role nine times. They've won the money all nine times, has Texas A&M. I think the pressure is squarely on Alabama in this football game here. I'll take the whopping points in this football contest, Texas A&M, for my side in the big showdown game on Saturday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Don't go away when Victor and I come back after this brief uh, getaway. We'll talk about our National Football League game of the week. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas and get the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence against the spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on the college and pro football cards on the show once again this week. It's time for our National Football League Game of the Week, and we've got another dandy on tap in the Sunday night football game on NBC TV when the Arizona Cardinals play host to the Seattle Seahawks in a key NFC West division battle. Victor, how do you see the Cardinals and the Seahawks shaking out this Sunday night? 
This could very well be the most entertaining Sunday night game of the season uh, by far with Seattle and Arizona 1-2 in the NFC West division taking each other on. And uh, just like in our college football, I'm also thinking potentially more points than people think in this particular game. Just like in the Alabama-Texas A&M game. Now, that's based on the current line and where it's at and uh, where it will be once we kick it off at 8.30 Eastern on Sunday night. It opened at 43 and a half. And that's where we are. It hasn't moved uh, a muscle since uh, it opened Monday night. And we're, of course, recording the podcast here on Wednesday morning. So if you're going to join us, I would advise you probably to get it in at the current number of 43 and a half. It could perhaps go up to 44 or 45. And sharp over-under players know that those are key numbers in the NFL. There are many likely scoring combinations that can end up with an NFL game finishing right on top of 44 or 45 points. So if you do decide to join us with a little bit of overaction in the Sunday night game, and I'm sure Al Michaels will probably be joining us as well, you're going to want to get that in at 43.5 or less. If this game were in Seattle, I might be inclined to think under. However, the series history, 10 out of the last 12 meetings played in Arizona have indeed gone over the total in this series with an average line of 42.5, average score of 47 points. So the average game down here in the desert has gone over by 4.5 to 5 points. Uh, Arizona Cardinals have a similar stat that Texas A&M did when I talked about the college football, and that is the fact that dating back to last year, the last eight Arizona Cardinal home games have all gone under the total one of those was our play on Monday night with the Jets Cardinals under the total. Uh, but this is a different scenario here. Much better Seattle offense than the struggling Jet offense against Arizona. Uh, we also note that despite that fact, Arizona has gone 9-3 and three over under in their last 12 games as shorter home favorites of four or less points. And as we speak, I'm seeing that there's a minus two next to Arizona. So they would definitely qualify in that situation in regards to the traveling Seahawks mark their numbers are a little bit skewed three and two over under on the season if you remember they started the season by uh, pumping the brakes on offense and still playing good defense remember their first two games of the season against uh, Miami and against Los Angeles totaled 22 and 12 points only and naturally both of those games went under the total but they're on a three game over run in their last three the last three Seattle games have seen a combined 55, 44, and 50 points. All three went over the total. That's an average of about 50 points per game. What I think is interesting in regards to this game is the fact that Arizona back at home on a short week off a Monday home game. This has gone 14-2-1 over under from our database in the last five years. All home favorites playing off a Monday home game that applies to Arizona. And these games have, in fact, gone a perfect 5-0 and to the over in division contests. So based on that line of 43-and-a-half, join us. We're going to play Seattle, Arizona over the total. I'm sure Al will be joining us as well and might make a few mentions about it during that NBC telecast on Sunday night. Cardinals-Seattle over. I think it's worth a look, Mark. 
Victor L. Michaels both looking to the over in that Sunday night football game between Seattle and Arizona, a matchup of Seattle coming in the first-place team in the NFC West behind their number three-ranked defense, which has always been their staple, this football team. Their offense a little bit lethargic as it's been in the past, but the defense seems to find a way to win football games for Seattle. They ended up slowing down that red-hot Atlanta Falcon offense last week, got benefit of the Zebra, bad call in the football game. Nonetheless, they do come into this football game first place atop the NFC West off that controversial win. This will be the first time this season Seattle will dress up as an underdog this year. Pete Carroll's had Arizona's number in the past in his career as a head coach in the National Football League against the Arizona Cardinals. Pete Carroll 9-4 and four straight up and against the spread. More importantly, when his teams have had winning records against Arizona, he's 7-1 and one straight up and against the spread. You've also got a quarterback in Russell Wilson, who's been terrific in his career as a dog. 11-3-1 to the spread, taking points is Russell Wilson. Arizona comes into the football game off that big, badly needed victory over the New York Jets Monday night. Their staple has been their defense thus far this football season here. Carson Palmer just can't quite seem to get the offense going in gear here. And talking about Carson Palmer, he struggled in his career as a home favorite in the National Football League. He's just 19-37-1 and one to the spread is Palmer as a home favorite in the NFL. This is a Sunday night football game as well. And I call it the stat that from our database, Arizona struggled in Sunday night football games. They're just 9-16 and 16 straight up and against the spread Sunday night football games. The bottom line to me is you've got Russell Wilson in his shining role here. That is as an underdog in a contest here with a lot on the line. Russell Wilson also, I mentioned his career dog numbers, 11-3-1. He's 4-0 the spread as a dog in division games in the National Football League. I'll take the points with Seattle, their defense, and Russell Wilson in this contest for my side in the Sunday night showdown game between Seattle and Arizona. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And it's time once again to hop out to Las Vegas as we join with our good friend Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe in a very popular segment here on the show. Andy, how's everything going for you in Las Vegas these days? Everything's going well, Mark. We're all getting excited for all the traffic uh, disruptions this evening with the uh, presidential debate taking place uh, about 6 p.m. local time tonight. Uh, Traffic patterns eased a little bit with the unfortunate news that the Rolling Stones have had to uh, cancel their appearance tonight as Mick uh, Mick Jagger's come down with some uh, laryngitis. Hopefully he'll be ready for his second concert here on Saturday. Maybe Mick Jagger's going to stay home and watch the debate, uh, which I highly doubt. But uh, (laughs) if you're a Stones fan, I think that's more important on the uh, agenda than perhaps the debate is tonight in Las Vegas. But a lot going on, as you say, between the debate, the Stones, and the football season, Major League Baseball playoffs, National Hockey League underway, NBA soon to be starting here in a week or so. Quite a hectic time it is, a good time to be in Las Vegas if you like handicapping the games. And speaking about handicapping the games, Andy, How have our contestants fared in the Super Contest this past week? I know it's been a bit of a rugged start, really a poor start to begin with. They got a little bit back on track in the last couple weeks here. How did things fare out last week in the National Football League Superbook Contest? 
Well, actually, after having that stretch of 1-14 and 14 for weeks 2, 3, and 4 for the consensus, in week 5 it came back with a nice 3-2 and two performance, but fell back again this week uh, in week 6 with a 1-3-1 and one performance against the spread. Interestingly, it was the last five games listed on the rotation board on Sunday uh, that were the consensus plays, and in each play, each case, the favored team, with the exception of the uh, Chiefs-Raiders game, uh, which was a pick in the contest. The Eagles went down as a uh, favored team against the Redskins. Seattle did not cover against Atlanta. Green Bay did not cover against uh, Dallas. The Houston Texans, that dramatic comeback, um, allowed them to push their contest against the Colts. And then the one game that did cover for the consensus, the Kansas City Chiefs with their pick at their pick line, winning in Oakland 26-10 to to uh, provide one win for the consensus. So for the year, eight 21 and 1 for the consensus. Looking at uh, how that broke down this week, the teams that uh, were favored and were the preferred teams by the uh, consensus players were uh, three, excuse me, four, four, and one. The underdog teams that were favored were four and one. So when the consensus had the underdogs this week preferred, uh, they did rather well. The top five underdogs or the five highest priced underdogs this week were uh, two and three. And for the season, uh, they are now 20, excuse me, 16 and 15 ATS. There was one week where there were uh, there was a tie for the fifth highest underdog. And overall, the consensus, uh, excuse me, overall, the contestants, 43 correct, 47 incorrect, one game pushing and uh, one game. There was an equal number of uh, participants on each side. Glad you did that. You broke those numbers down, Andy, because I was going to ask you, what seems to be the prevalent trend in this contest? Is it more the favorites that are being played more popularly, or is it the value, the line moves value? Which of the two you think is more popular with the contestants, value or favorites? Well, I think for many years it had been the favorites. In more recent years, we've had contestants, especially contestants who have fared quite well, work with the line moves, and more often than not, those line moves are going to present value on the underdogs as favorites get bet up. Now, there was a change in the structure of the Super Contest about four or five years ago. The contest lines used to come out on Tuesday afternoons, which gave an additional day over the lines coming out now on Wednesday for the lines to move. So we've seen now more contestants being uh, savvy enough to play the line moves. We've also seen the contest as a whole gravitate more towards playing underdogs, although still favorites will predominate in the makeup of weekly selections. But maybe before it might have been 75 percent of the of the uh, fa- of the more popular teams would be favorites. Now it's maybe along the lines of 60 uh, to 65 uh, percent. So it's come down a little bit as far as the contestants going more with underdogs. But value continues to be a theme uh, that is repeated by the contestants who do extremely well. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, publisher of The Logical Approach weekly football and basketball newsletters. You want to do yourself a favor, get yourself a copy of The Logical Approach this week filled with great stats and information. Visit Andy online at TheLogicalApproach.com to get your copy in time for this weekend's football games. And speaking about some of those line moves, Andy, and the value, the week seven lines that were sent out last week by Jay Cornegay from the Super Contest, I know it's quite a few line disparities here this particular week, and you know, some of them are for injuries, some of them are for results. If you could maybe give our listeners a quick quick overview of what we've seen with as far as these line moves that have happened this past week. 
Sure. Let me just wrap up the uh, discussion on the Super Contest by announcing that the leader is 24-5-1 against the spread. That's 24.5 out of a possible 30 points, uh, which is a little bit more than 80% correct. Two people are at 23, and then it goes all the way down, 35 people tying for the final paying spots with 20 points, which 20 out of 30 is 67%. So uh, the field's starting to separate itself, but still excellence at the top, despite the fact that the consensus has struggled. As far as line moves, in fact, it begins with the very first game. As far as adjustments, let's call them, followed by line moves. Uh, Chicago at Green Bay on Thursday night. The Packers opened last week prior to the last weekend as 10.5-point home favorites. After the results that saw Green Bay lose badly to Dallas and Chicago in a competitive effort fall just a bit short at home against Jacksonville, Green Bay opened as an 8.5-point home favorite for Thursday night. That's a two-point adjustment from last week. It got bet further down to Green Bay as a 7.5-point home favorite. Then we go uh, deeper into the schedule. A couple of the early games, Oakland at Jacksonville. Oakland was favored by two and a half last week. They lost at home to Kansas City in what was a very favorable spot for Kansas City and Andy Reid coming off of a bye. Of course, Jacksonville did nothing for three quarters, scored 17 points in the fourth quarter to edge Chicago 17-16. When this game got reposted, it was opened as a pick'em, and yet the money still came in on Jacksonville so that Jacksonville, after last week being a two-and-a-half-point home dog, now a one-point home favorite. Indianapolis at Tennessee, that game opened a pick'em, or that game was a pick'em last week after Indianapolis blew that lead Sunday night and Tennessee had their nice effort on uh, sad on Sunday, excuse me, Tennessee opened a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That was bet up to three. In the late games, the Atlanta Falcons were five-and-a-half-point favorites last week. Uh, they had that great effort that just fell a bit short in Seattle with that controversial ending. They're hosting San Diego. And San Diego, of course, last Thursday night uh, when winning at home against Denver. The game was five and a half. It opened five and a half again despite the results last week. Atlanta bet up to a six and a half point home favorite. Tampa Bay at San Francisco. This one a bit interesting. That game opened a pick'em last week. Was a pick'em. Tampa Bay on a bye. San Francisco got blitzed in Buffalo. Tampa Bay, as a result, instead of opening pick'em, Tampa Bay opened a one-point road favorite, bet up to one and a half. Of course, the New England-Pittsburgh game, just to give you an idea of how much value is attached to a quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger injured and ruled out for this game against uh, New England. Last week, this game was a pick'em. New England at Pittsburgh. Tom Brady made his second start of the season against Cincinnati with a nice win. The adjustment had New England open as a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite. That's a tremendous adjustment based upon the second-week performance of Tom Brady, but more importantly, the absence of Ben Roethlisberger and the drop-off expected to be to Landry Jones. And finally, Monday night, the Denver Broncos, six-and-a-half-point favorites last week. We saw the results this weekend with Houston coming from behind, Denver losing last Thursday night at uh, San Diego, but having the extra time to prepare. It opened again at six-and-a-half, quickly bet up to Denver over that key number of seven, such as the Broncos now a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite on Monday night. A quick review of all the major changes that have occurred from last week to this week in the National Football League, leading the pack, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers-New England Patriots game with the injury to Ben Roethlisberger, a big seven-point swing in that football line here. We don't know if Ben's a seven-point quarterback, but perhaps a combination of, as Andy mentioned, Tom Brady's success with the Patriots, those two factors leading to a big seven-point move in that football game. Andy, before I get to my complimentary play on the show this week, I know Victor has got a question he wants to run by you as well. Sure do, Mark. I want to get uh, Andy's impression 
and his thoughts on a game that occurred down here over the weekend. And from what I hear was perhaps the largest win of the entire season thus far for sports books in the NFL. And that was that huge upset home win for the Miami Dolphins over the Pittsburgh Steelers. From what I hear, Andy, for every uh, parlay that was on the Dolphins, there was 15 to 20 parlays on Pittsburgh. There was seven to eight as many straight bets on Pittsburgh as there were on Miami. In addition to many people being eliminated from their NFL survivor pools with Pittsburgh going down, was this game as big for the sports books uh, as uh, everybody's proclaiming? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, one other additional play that came into prominence, Pittsburgh being teased down to barely over a pick'em in that contest. Detroit, a lot of multiple team teasers, money line plets, many money line parlays. A lot of folks in recent years have started to do money line parlays of uh, three, four, five teams using solid favorites as a, as uh, as opposed to perhaps just playing them in teasers or of course just playing them minus the points. Uh, that one game, uh, very uh, very popular play. In fact, I mentioned in the uh, consensus that Pittsburgh uh, was one of the popular plays. It didn't make the top five, but still it had a significant edge over the Miami Dolphins, and uh, a number of people were very surprised. That was probably one of the most stunning games of the week, probably accounted for New England getting a few extra points this week. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's, uh, in fact, this week against New England, Pittsburgh, a rare home favorite. In fact, I think it's only the fourth time uh, that they've been a seven-point favorite in the last 30 years. Home, home dog in the last 30 years of uh, seven wow. points or more. Interesting observation on last week's Pittsburgh Steelers Miami Dolphins result that Apple carded a lot of people at the sports books and in the suicide pools, as Victor mentioned here. And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would like to know your complimentary call, what you see as a comp play on the NFL card this week. Well, I'm going to go over to the game in London between the New York Giants and uh, the Los Angeles uh, Rams. It's the uh, second game of three. In fact, interestingly enough, they're going to play the third London game, or the third London game next week, and it's also going to involve a team that's playing at Detroit this week. The Rams were at Detroit last week. Washington is at Detroit this week before heading over to London to, I believe, play Cincinnati. Uh, both teams have struggled this year with the offenses trying to establish the run. However, the Giants haven't been quite as bad as the uh, Rams have been running the football. The Giants actually averaging 3.6 yards per run allowing 3.5 the Rams average just 3.1 yards per rush and that's despite the presence of Todd Gurley and they allow 4.2 now those numbers suggest that the Giants should have a bit more success at both establishing their own run and also defending the run of the Los Angeles Rams which means also now you have to take a look, are there any edges in the passing game? And that's where the Giants have a huge edge with Eli Manning over Case Keenum at quarterback. And, of course, their talented uh, gift of uh, receivers, uh, the core of receivers. The Giants have played a very tough schedule this year. Their six foes this year are combined 22-11 and 11 straight up, 22-9-1 and 1 against the spread. Compare that to the competition faced by the Los Angeles Rams, 17-17 straight up, just 14-19-1, and 1, 18. So even though you have a pair of three and three teams matching up, you've got the team with the fundamental edges, especially in the passing game. You've got them having played the tougher schedule. And unlike last year, when the Giants were only able to put 50 minutes of 58 minutes of football together and lost a lot of games that they couldn't protect leads this year, they've been able to protect late leads or rally from behind as they did several times this year, including last week against Baltimore to get the win laying two and a half. You should be able to find under three, but even at three, I'm going to look for the New York Giants to get what should be a physically battled win 
probably in the neighborhood of about seven to ten points. I'm going to lay the points with the New York Giants against the Los Angeles Rams in that early starting game Sunday morning in London. Andy Isco likes the New York Giants to extend their mark to seven straight wins and covers in the series against the Rams. He likes the quarterback matchup and the stat matchups in the football game as well. And once again, a quick reminder, you can get a copy of Andy's The Logical Approach newsletter, The Logical Approach newsletter. Simply log on to his website at thelogicalapproach.com. Andy, once again, a great job on the show, as always, this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck. Enjoy the debate Wednesday night. The Rolling Stones this weekend, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week as well. Victor, Mark, have a great weekend, and uh, let's see how this election turns out in about three weeks. It's coming down to crunch time as we're approaching midseason in the NFL. Once again, great job, Andy. Best of luck to you. We'll catch you next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas as we got the Vegas vibe on this week's show. Don't go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to put the final reps in the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, Victor's complimentary play and mine as well, when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football once again this week. We call it Just Don't Do It. And what we're looking to do is to play against any college football double-digit conference home favorite. That's off back-to-back straight-up favorite losses if the last loss was as a double-digit favorite. These teams are struggling, obviously, dropping back-to-back football games as favorites. The last is a double-digit. By playing against these guys, we're 21-7 and against the spread since 1980. This week, 
We'll play against Air Force, who obviously is having their problems right now in this struggling role. We'll play Hawaii plus the points against Air Force for our awesome angle play on the football show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports for his complimentary play. And Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this weekend as well. Absolutely, Mark. A big one in college football. Our five-star totals game of the month is going in college football. It will be going on Saturday. Our service, our King Creole service, currently ranked number two in the country in college football for the season. We got the record currently at 15 and 7, documented with the Sports Monitor, and we're pleased with those results. So definitely check in there. And also, we do have a four star NFL over of the week that will be going on Sunday. And that's off the heels of last week's easy shootout win down in the Big Easy between the Saints and the Panthers. Now, Mark, I got three quick takes here. Give me a minute. First off, I'm really glad that Andy. Uh, put in some time in regards to that uh, game across the pond between the Giants and the Rams. Let's remember this, though, in regards to this game. This game will not be played at Wembley Stadium. It's the first ever game played at Twickenham, which, of course, is the host of the English rugby team. So these over-under numbers might be significant, but not necessarily pertinent. NFL non-division games played across the pond have gone seven and one over under the last eight times. Average line forty three. Average combined points fifty three point five. And while uh, Andy was talking during his segment, Mark, I was playing around in our database a little bit in regards to the Dolphins Steelers outcome last week and the resulting line in this week's Steelers Patriots game. Of course, a very, very unique situation. Pittsburgh goes from a seven-point road favorite to a seven-point home underdog. In the history of our database, going back to 1980, there's only been four instances when a team was a six-point or more road favorite the previous week, and they go to a six-point or more home underdog the next week. Like the Steelers, these teams have gone three and one ATS, so New England might not necessarily be the slam dunk that you think they are this week, laying a touchdown on the road. In fact, they might be the trap play that the Steelers were last week. So think about the Steelers this week. It might require you to hold your nose with Landry Jones at quarterbacks, but uh, short sample size also, but it's a very rare situation for teams like that who are big home dogs after being a big road favorite the previous week. And finally, our uh, under of the week. We're going to throw this out there to Speedy. He's heading back up to the Buckeye State, and he's going low under the total in the Browns-Bengals game. The last time I looked, the over-under line opened at 46. It's come down a half a point to 45 and a half. You're going to want to get that in if you're going to join us again. Uh, as we touched on at the beginning of the show, 44 and 45 are key numbers in the NFL and if you're liking a game under, you're going to want to play it at 45 and a half. Now, we are talking about, uh, what, the number 26 against the number 30 scoring offenses. Offensive points have been scarce for both of these teams in the AFC North. Cleveland averaging only, what, 18.8 points per game. Cincinnati even worse this season at 18.2 points per game. And it also doesn't hurt us, Mark, that the Browns-Bengals series has gone a perfect 0-4 over-under in the last two seasons. The average line has been 45, 
Average combined points, only 34.5. So that's a double-digit margin of a minus 10.5 points per game. And we also know that in the AFC North, these division games are very reliable underplays when the over-under line is in the mid to high range. AFC North division games have gone 8-22 and 22 over-under all time when the over-under line is 44 or more points, including 1-8 and eight over-under in the last two years. So courtesy of Speedy, we're looking for an under-result, Browns and Bengals. And don't forget, we've got a big one in college football going this weekend, Mark. Victor King going under the total in the Cleveland-Cincinnati game. He likes the Pittsburgh Steelers as well in that rare role change, if you will, when they host the New England Patriots this week for his complimentary sides on the football show this week. And be sure to join Victor for that featured five-star college football totals game of the month. He's been red hot on the college football scene this year. Also with his over-under total plays, you can pick up that five-star college football game of the month totals play online at playbook.com this weekend. Also this weekend, I'll be featuring my NFL underdog game of the month. I guess I gave it away when I said underdog, but bottom line, it is my NFL game of the month, most likely an underdog play going this Sunday. We've been on a major roll with our big games. We've cashed three straight weeks in a row with our game of the week, game of the month plays featured. It's all part of another $99 football weekend of winners. When you join me this weekend for our complimentary plays this weekend and my $99 football weekend, including the NFL game of the month. My complimentary play on the football card this weekend comes directly from the Midweek Alert football newsletter this week. And if you haven't got your copy, I encourage you to download a copy of the Midweek now online at playbook.com. As you know, our Midweek Alert is all about statistics. And we're going to back the Colorado Buffaloes against Stanford this particular weekend. And we talked about Colorado being one of the surprise teams in college football this year at 5-2, and two, leading the Pac-12 South. They come into this contest against Stanford, owning the better offense and the better defense in the football game, and they saddle up as the dog. They saddle up as a dog against a Stanford football team that just upset Notre Dame last week. And the reason I mention that is teams who beat Notre Dame as an underdog and go favored the following week have really struggled in the past when they've gone favorites of six or less points in those football games. It's only happened ten times Going all the way back to 1980, those teams are 1-9 and nine straight up and against the spread as favorites of less than six points after upending Notre Dame the game before. Colorado, the better offense, the better defense, playing the better football, and the better team going into this game. I'll take them plus the points against Stanford for my complimentary play on the football card this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.